Hey guys, if you're new here, just so you know, this is the Headstrong Podcast. I am your host, Danielle Mills Walden. This is a place that you can come every single week to be motivated, inspired, and pushed to reach your best. Each week I have on special guests, whether they be pro athletes, entrepreneurs, business owners, C-suite executives, or everyday people just like you and I. Because at the end of the day, everybody's got struggles, everybody's got a story, and everybody has the means to tell their story so people can learn. But in order for this show to run and to be a success, it involves you. So make sure that you are interacting with us, answer our polls, answer our questions, and make sure that you are going by Spotify and Apple Podcasts and liking and rating the episodes. This makes a huge difference. It allows us to get seen and be put on different platforms and get exposure so that we can bring you more amazing content. So with that, let's get into the show. Hey guys, we really have a jam-packed episode for you today. So many amazing things to get into. I'm your host, Daniel Mills Walden. I can't wait to tell you about our guest, Will Allen, today. I think that his story and his message are just going to blow you guys away. So Will was born and raised in Houston, Texas, but currently relocated to San Diego. He is a full-time entrepreneur and business owner with a passion for personal development. His purpose is helping people get closer to freedom one product at a time. Coming from corporate America and switching to leaving it all behind to create his own legacy, he knew that the most prominent way to financial freedom was by leveraging the power of the internet to sell products. Through all of the ups and downs in the industry for over five years and multiple six figures in sales generated, he now helps people across the country do the same by teaching them how to gain freedom of time and freedom financially through selling products online. Guys, I can't wait. Let's dive into Will Allen. This podcast is sponsored by J Lux Label. Ladies, have you ever wanted to make sure that whatever outfit that you put on, somebody's going to stop you and ask you, oh my goodness, I love that. Where did you get it? Well, you definitely have to check out J Lux Label. Their unique, one-of-a-kind pieces are phenomenal when it comes to that because everything that they make is so specific and so nice and it really does look great if you are a taller person i'm actually 510 511 myself and all of their outfits just fit me so well because they're long enough and it's really a struggle to find things that are long and that really fit great so definitely check out jlux label two different ways you can do this you can go to jluxlabel.com and see their newest collection of amazing pieces that they have or you can get the app that's just JLux Label and you can have it on your phone and you have access to, access to that as well. But make sure you use my code HEADSTRONG for 20% off any full price regular item that they have, 20% off. That's unheard of. So use my code HEADSTRONG for 20% off. And I promise you, you're gonna look awesome in your newest JLux Label outfit. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Headstrong Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Mills Walden. We are back 
for another amazing episode. And we have a special guest that I'm super excited for you guys to hear from because this entrepreneur is really kicking butt. So welcome to the show, Will. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this day for a little minute now. I always want to be able to share my story with other people, help them out as much as I can, and just get the word out. I love it. Well, let's kind of start off where we kind of start out all of our episodes off. And I want to find out from you, when was the first time that you felt headstrong? Oh, okay. I've had a lot of those moments, but let me really go back since I've been doing this for a while. I think the very first time that I had a true headstrong moment was I was working pharmaceutical sales. Um, I was back with my parents. Um, I ditched the downtown living, went back in, tried to rebuild. And I was driving three hours one way during pharmaceutical sales, three hours back. So I was in my car anywhere from seven to eight hours a day. And I said, there has to be more than what I'm doing now. It can't just be go to work, wake up, go to work, provide service, then come back and then repeat over and over and over. And I realized even though I was making good money financially, necessarily I wasn't mentally happy, right? So at the end of the day, I said, well, if I'm not like, if I don't like doing this, and I'm not happy, I need to make a change. And I had a conversation with my mom. I said, hey, I'm just not happy right now. And she looked at me and she said, well, William, you have benefits, you're making money, you got a company car, you can't leave that. And it struck me, regardless of how I felt personally saying, hey, I'm not happy, it was no worry or anything about that. So I had to make the decision for myself to say, hey, William, it's you and you in this world, nobody else. So you have to, you know, let them hang, take that step forward and do what makes you happy. And that's when I, I started my e-commerce journey. That's why I'm here today. Wow. What was the moment that you knew, like, I am not trying to work for somebody else again? Oh, man. Um, so just, <laughs> just to give you a little backdrop, I come from a sales background. I did pharmaceutical sales from 2014 to 2017, going into 18. Um, was very good at what I did. I was president's club multiple times. And even though I was providing service, I was having my sales class. It doesn't really matter in corporate America how good you are. If budget cuts come, if contracts come to an end, you're axed. And I had that happen to me three times in my pharmaceutical career. And I said, all right, enough is enough. I don't have true control of this. I have to bet on myself. Wow. I mean, for one, like getting into sales to begin with, what made you even get into that? Like kind of take us back to the beginning. Like as a kid, how were you? What was your personality? <laughs> like, where, where does this confidence come from? So my mom always said I need to be a politician or a lawyer because okay. I'm always good at arguing. <laughs> um, I, I can be extremely stubborn when I feel passionate about something. But I, I, in the very beginning, I didn't start out as a sales representative or just wanting to get into sales. I was a biochemistry major at the University of North Texas. I had dreams of being a pharmacist, wanted to be a physical therapist. And I said, um, hmm, I like science, um, so I'm going to study for that, right? So I graduated college, I come back, live in my parents' house, and I come from a strong military family. And my mom was like, hey, you're not just about to be at home, you know, while you stay for this test, you need to go start working. Mm. So my first sales job was actually door-to-door -door sales for AT&T U-verse. So I was, I was feeding the street, beating the pavement, 100-degree um, weather in Houston, Texas, door-to-door -door knocking on them, trying to get people to buy cable. And I realized... I, I, might, I might not necessarily like the cable, but I love building relationships, communicating with people. So what can I do to put it together of communicating in science? And that's how I went to pharmaceutical sales. 
Wow. Can you kind of talk, like break it down to me? Because you said that you were doing door-to-door sales. Mm -hmm. What was that like? Like the rejection you must have felt at times? Like, did it really like build you because you had to get broken down from a day-to-day basis (laughs) at a young age, (laughs) like your first job? So it it definitely built tough skin. Um, I've had police call on me numerous times. I've had pets chase me. Um, I'm I'm from the South. So the the temperature can get a little, little hot up there. Um, but it taught me a lot about persistence and that, all right, just because you get a no, it doesn't mean that's a no for the entire day. That's just your no on the way to your yes. So no, no, no. I started getting, falling in love with the no's because I knew I was one step closer to the yes. So it builds up a lot of courage, a lot of consistency and persistence with me. No, definitely. And I, I hear you mention your mom a lot. Like how important is your mom in your success in your journey? Oh, definitely. Um, she's definitely my backbone. Um, my dad was kind of like the easygoing flow with it. That's how I get my, my reserve personality. Okay. But my, my go get it, stay on it, always be your best. That definitely comes from my mom. Uh, she ruled with an iron fist uh, 100% of the time. So if it if I got an 89.5, she was always the person, well, what happened with that other 0.5? Like, why couldn't we get a 90? Why can't we just push that a little bit more? Um, so that's how I live my life today. You know, why can't I do just that little bit extra just to get that much better? Okay. I love that. I love that. You always had somebody in your corner kind of pushing you to be your best. And you can definitely see how that is really transferred over into kind of how you are today. Okay. Let's talk about like you leaving this, you know, six figure sales job, president's club, you know, you're winning, you're doing great, but you knew for yourself that you wanted to do more and you wanted to have more control over your life. And you decided to literally go from something secure, something Mm -hmm. stable, something with benefits you talked about then to, literally get into the world of entrepreneurship which is scary uncertain risky yeah. what was that like from a mindset change so it was, it was definitely what you started with in the beginning of it's scary leaving the security right because when you're doing something majority of your adult adult life um especially in the workforce anything opposite of that is going to be scary because you're just not used to it mm-hmm. um but it wasn't an on and off switch for me so like i said earlier when i was driving three hours one way and three hours back I was using that time to focus on my mindset and personal development because mm. I don't make that transition unless I get my mindset right because there's no change in my thinking. So instead of using my car to listen to music or just zone out and complain, I use that time, you know, for my benefit and listen to nothing but like Bob Proctor, Napoleon Hill, Les Brown, a lot of these pos- uh, positive um, and personal development mentors, and I became aware of my own abilities. Right. So if you really understood the power of the mind and how you can train it to do what you want to do, you'll have like the utmost faith in accomplishing anything. But first, you have to be aware of your abilities. And a lot of people today, they're just not aware of the power that's deep within them. That is so true, because mindset is so powerful. But one thing that you mentioned that I'm really going to focus on is the fact that you were spending so much time in the car, but then you mm-hmm. made a shift to say, hey, I'm going to stop listening to my rap music, whatever you listen to in the car, yeah. jam out. I'm going to use this time to benefit myself and do professional development. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to our audience who's listening? You know, why is professional and personal development so important to their growth? Yeah. Um, well, you, you said the key word growth. Um, you have to ingest new information to have new thoughts and new reasonings for action. And you cannot get that by the same way that you were thinking. It's literally impossible. That's why they say your your network or your environment is everything, right? So if I'm surrounded by nothing but negative influences and people who are not um, striving to be their best selves, then I'm going to be the next one just like that. 
So I had to literally make the decision that I wanted different, so I have to do different. So you start auditing your day. All right, what takes up my time? How can I use this to benefit myself? And I turned my negative, which was the original problem, and I turned it into a positive by just jamming that personal development down. I love hearing that because there's so many people listening who struggle with this and they struggle with having people, whether it be their friends, their family, people around them who are okay with, you know, complaining and the negative Mm -hmm. energy and the negative comments. And they are themselves trying to make a change for you personally. Did you have to adjust any of the people you're spending time around or even your environment to kind of facilitate this new way of, of thinking in life for you? What, or was that a challenge at all? Yeah, so it definitely was a challenge because um, there was a period of my life where I was, you know, kind of starting things from the very beginning. So I was back in environments from my past that weren't really suiting me. Um, now, when you say about changing your environment, it's, it's not um, easy at <laughs> all because when you change yourself, everything around you changes. And the one thing I learned is people love change but they hate being changed, Ooh, right? Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> so pe- people, people love change, but they hate being forced to change. So um, I'll be completely open, honest, and transparent. My own family, right? My mother and my father, they come from a different way of thinking. So my dad had me when he was around 48. I'm definitely uh, a late baby to the bunch. I'm the baby of the group. But mm-hmm. the way of thinking when my parents are raised is completely different than the way that we think today. So once you make that decision, you also have to be able to sacrifice everything that comes with, you know, your old self because you're, for lack of better words, you're born again, you know, because you're getting a new mind. So I had to cut away from the moms and the parents' negativity. I had to get away from my sister bothering me, uh, wanting to get help because I had to do what's best for myself, right? And a lot of times people go through life always helping others. And they don't realize that the only way that you can truly help them is by helping yourself first. I love that. I love that you spoke on that because something that I talk about a lot is you have to invest in yourself more mm-hmm. into yourself if you truly want to be able to, like you said, help others. Yes. And, you know, you're mentioning your family. Have they kind of come around now that, you know, a lot of success has come your way? Or is, is it still crazy for them, like, to see what you're doing compared to where you started? And, yeah. You know, and <laughs> it's hard. People don't like admitting they're wrong. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I think they're at the point now where they, they finally grasp it just because um, they've seen the journey from where it very first started to where I'm at now. And um, I'm a big proponent of results don't lie. So I can talk a big game all day, but once I show you results, there's not really much to refute after that point. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, I took it personal, you know? Um, I'm very competitive, like I said, I'm very stubborn. So anybody who says or even hints at something that I can't do, I take it as a personal challenge to, you know, give me that little extra fuel on the fire. Um, but they, they fully grasp it now because I take care of myself and I'm able to provide for them as well. So I'm blessed to do that and it shows them that, all right, my son did what he needed to do. I love that. I love that you were able to kind of take that as motivation to kind of take it to the next level, because there's always going to be people who either doubt, not necessarily you and your abilities, but what you're focusing on is so big and your goals are so huge that they themselves can't imagine it. So for, they're almost like afraid, like, oh, don't, don't don't think that (laughs) big or don't shoot that high because, you know, you may not hit that. And, you know, you and I both know you got to set massive, huge goals to hit you know, to even reach to where you're trying to go. You have to, you have to stretch yourself for sure. Absolutely. Well, I want to find out though, because, you know, this is all great, but there had to have been some times that were tough. Oh yeah. Some 
Well, let's talk about like, you know, starting a new business, being a new entrepreneur. What are some of the obstacles that you faced in that, in those beginning stages where you're still trying to get your feet underneath you? Yeah. Well, one um, is the discipline aspect Mm. because a lot of people that come from corporate America, they're used to structure, Mm -hmm. right? You clock in, you clock out, you have lunch hours, you have a hierarchy of who you report to. Um, When that, when those type of things are stripped from you, um, it's brand new. So it doesn't matter what intellect you have or how able to, how, fast you're able to pick something up it doesn't matter because it's something completely new um in, in that aspect yeah because honestly so many people don't understand that like when you're in corporate america so much of your day is structured for you mm-hmm. and when you're an entrepreneur you're setting your own schedule you're having yeah. to be your own boss and that means if you had a lazy day your business suffered yes 100 100 percent. so you definitely have to be um aware of your time management. I would say that's one of the main things that you have to focus on. But there were definitely those times where I was in dead space, what I call it, where, all right, I did maybe three to four hours worth of work and I couldn't figure out what I need to do next. Mm -hmm. So there's that whole like, well, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? Um, Oh no, I'm not doing it how I think it should be. So that means I must be failing, right? Mm -hmm. That's the, the number one thing. So the obstacle is definitely getting out of your own head and using that persistence. Um, but there's definitely ups and downs, but you just have to understand that the obstacles are a part of the journey and not um, a deterrent from the journey. And I think a lot of people get that confused because from my business aspect, learning e-commerce is something that's completely new to me. There's no way I can do it perfect from the very beginning. So I'm going to lose money. I'm going to mess up on the actual logistics of the operation and saying from the mindset, like I have to learn these things over time in the best teacher's experience. Absolutely. You, you said one thing that, you know, your mind is like the biggest experience. So can you kind of like give our audience some, some tips, you know, maybe they're thinking of starting their own business yeah. or they're looking to kind of break away. What are some things that they should do to ensure that they can kind of start off right? Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I would say the main thing that they need to start off with is figuring out their purpose and their why. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people get into business. So I want to start it for the uh, materialistic things, right? You want this freedom of time. You want the money and all buy the nice cars, nice house, nice clothes and do all those things. But those things are not enough to sustain the momentum needed for entrepreneurship. You really have to have a, a burning desire for your purpose and your why to either help somebody or have some type of message that you want to get out to the people to keep you going through the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. So definitely, if I was to give the number one tip is figure out why you're even doing it in the first place so you can have that for fuel as you go through the journey. I love that. Can you kind of deeper explain what is some, like how do somebody find what their why is? Maybe share like what what is your why through this whole process? Yeah, so the, the why is always discovered by your journey, right? So my why came from, an experience with going through corporate America, living life not happy on the inside, but everything looks good on the outside. And I had to go through that low to be like, man, I know I'm not the only person that feels this way. And if if everybody knew how good the other side was, that I would feel fulfilled in this life that I'm living now. Um, so that's, that was the main thing for me was like, all right, I know that I grew up in this world thinking it was supposed to be one way, but I got a hold of it for some a hold of some information and it opened up a whole new world for me. Mm. So that's why I started what I do now. I love that. I love that whole mentality of how you're kind of going into that. But there's so many people that struggle with self-doubt. Yeah. And they, you know, want big things for themselves, but then in their mind they're saying, like, oh, you can't do this. And 
you know, who do you think you are? Like some of that imposter <laughs> syndrome. No, it's yeah, real. It's it a, is a real it's thing. A thing. So it's I'm, a real thing. I'm curious, like, how did you, how do you move past that? Or how, what advice would you give to our audience who at times struggles with, you know, doubting themselves? Yeah. So that, that's a, that's a dumb question. It's very important. Um, the number one thing is getting awareness of how your mind works. Mm, um, the, the only reason why we have those doubts, those worries, and those fears is because we're doing something that is opposite to what we're used to, right? So whenever we're trying to cross over that terror barrier, what we like to call it, the body works as, or the mind works as this, this type of homeostasis, wants to keep everything normal. Even though that normal might be bad, it could be good. It just wants to stay normal. So whenever you're doing something that's opposite of normal, it says, alert, alert, hold on now. What are we doing here? Let me tell the mind, doubt, worry, fear, right? So if you are ignorant to what's really happening, you're going to take that as a no sign that this is wrong. But if you're aware that, hey, I'm just stepping out of my comfort zone, therefore the body is responding to me to something that it's not used to. But let me just push through this and then impress that to what we call our subconscious mind. It will accept it, and then I'm able to move forward with that doubt, worry, and fear. And then it's a whole new world after that. That is so powerful what you said, because there's so many people where the second they feel just a little bit uncomfortable, they mm -hmm. shy away. They pull yeah. back, like you said. And something we talk about a lot on this show is pushing through feeling uncomfortable and 100%. aggressively throwing yourself at it. Because like that is the moment where things are about to get real, yep. but in a good way. Yep. Yep. And it's going to feel scary. It's going to be uncomfortable, but keep persisting through yeah. it. And you're obviously a testament to that because it sounds like you've had to do that a number of different times. And now you're like so clear. Yeah, I it, love that. It's, it's, a, it's funny when you think back about it, because even though I had the, the skill set and the whereabouts to make that leap, there was something inside that was still holding me back. It's not like I just made the decision one day and was gone the next. It was a period of months where I was like, oh, am I going to do this? Am I going to leave it? But um, I'm big into laws, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a, a law of repetition or a law of auto-suggestion where over and over and over and over again, I would set these goals out and I would tell these goals to myself. I would say positive affirmations to myself, self-empowering words to yourself. But doing that over a period of time, after a while, you're going to start believing that, right? So once you, you impress it enough, you believe, you believe, you believe, and then you start to grow your faith, you say, you know what? It goes from, I don't know if I can do this to maybe I can do this. Hold on. I think I can do this to I'm doing this. And then you, you move from there. I love how there's like different levels to that. Yeah. Like it's, a, it's literally a process. But can you kind of expand a little bit more about affirmations and why they're important and kind of maybe talk through how do you do affirmation statements? You don't have to necessarily stay, say what affirmations gotcha. you do, but like kind of <laughs> elaborate a little bit more on that because I know our audience is very into that and mm -hmm. understanding the power of it because people are like, oh, affirmations are important, but really they work. And yeah. it's important to kind of elaborate there. Um, I always like to start with the words, um, there's power in the tongue, right? So whatever you say you are or you aren't, you're right, right? So if I say I can do something or I can't do something, I'm literally giving myself a command to follow, right? So if you're, if you're, I'll, I'll put it like this, you have to not only speak those positive affirmations to yourself, but you also have to think those positive affirmations to yourself. And we have to work it from both ends of the spectrum. A lot of people will say, hey, I wanna do this, or I'm going to do this, but when they're by themselves, they say, oh, I don't think I can do this. And 
you know, the spirit gets conflicted, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just a process of using affirmations um, on the physical, verbally, right? And then also on the mental aspect to reinforce those so you can turn it into a belief system. And I think a lot of people get confused with saying like, well, I want, um, I want more money, right? Well, one more, more money could be a penny on the ground, right? So you got to start getting specific <laughs> with your affirmations, right? Because, you know, God, the universe, the spirit is always listening mm -hmm. and it's very, it's extremely faithful and it will give you exactly what you want. So you have to use the power of affirmations correctly to your benefit so that you can get what you want. But a lot of times people are just ignorant and they think that they're just speaking words when like we both agree there's power in the tongue. So what you say you can do, what you say you can't do, you're both right. 100%. I think there's so much power in what is put out into the universe and what is spoken, like you said. Um, even me personally, I just started kind of altering what I was saying because I'm now saying things like, hey, when I achieve these things, make sure I'm ready for them mm -hmm. and make sure that I'm not just out here doing something wrong because I'm not mentally ready for what fame or success or things are coming for exactly. me because we know that's coming. It's just about how am I going to be able to handle it when it does come and be yep. ready. So I think that's awesome that you had kind of stated that. I'm really curious. This is my own personal question. Okay. Like, <laughs> what what does your morning routine look like? How do you start your day? I, I, I kind of want to get in there and understand, like, are you a very routine-oriented person? Yes, extremely routine-oriented person, just because I understand the power of habits. Okay. I understand the power of drifting, which is getting away from a habit and going back to an old one. So there's there's two crucial points in my day. It's the morning routine and the night routine. Mm. Um, the when you very first wake up, that is the most important time of the of the day. So the very first thing that you say, because you're at what we call like a theta state. You're fresh out of sleep. So you're 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 very calm, you're very peaceful. So the world is very quiet to you, your mind is very quiet. So it's time to set the tone for the day. So I'm up 4.30 a.m. every morning. First thing I do is I give thanks. I give thanks just for opening my eyes. Uh, thankful for having breath in my body because some people didn't wake up today, right? So that, that starts me off with a sense of gratitude, just being thankful, which is always a positive vibration to be in. Um, get up at 4.30, I give my thanks. Next thing I do is I start reading. I read some type of personal development. So right now, my favorite all-time book is Your Invisible Power by Genevieve Biran because it talks about visualization um, and the power of visualizing. So I read to get in the spirit of visualizing for 10 to 15 minutes. And then I close my eyes for 10 to 15 minutes and I visualize how I want my day to go. I mm -hmm. see it before it actually happens. And then I act accordingly, you know, with it. So morning routine, 4.30 a.m., wake up. Then I'm giving thanks. And then I'm reading. And then I'm visualizing. And then I'm empowering myself. Hey, I can do this. I'm talking wise things, kind things to myself. And then I'm either on to the gym or I'm on to get some food. Wow, <laughs> I love that. And by the time you kind of finish that like micro routine, because we know there's still this stuff in your in your morning, because mm -hmm. by starting so early, you know, it's still morning. If I yeah. have done with all these things, <laughs> like you must be feeling so ready to go. Yeah. Um, momentum is everything. Momentum is everything. So if I'm going to set myself up for success, I need to put the odds in my favor. How do I put the odds in my favor? By consistently doing positive habits in the morning. Because a lot of people think that success is done in big jumps. Mm -hmm. And that's the farthest from the truth. I'm only successful today because I did very, very small things consistently every single day. So once I did that over time, I built up good habits, 
with those results compounded. And now you see the success that I'm having today. So I was doing 4.30 a.m. four years ago. Really? So it wasn't just like a, once I got success, all right, now it's time to wake up at 4.30 a.m. When I had nothing, I was waking up at 4.30 a.m. because I knew that was the beginning of the journey was starting my day off right. And if I don't change my morning and I keep doing the same thing, then I'm going to get the same results. So you got to switch it up. Wow, I love that. I love that you talked about, you know, the small little things that you're doing every single day that yeah. are incremental, that are going to build so that you can have the success you want. So what, where did 4.30 come from? Um, why <laughs> so early? And then I'm, I got to hear about the night routine because if you start in early, you got to be going to sleep early. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. So why, why 4.30? Oh, well, to be honest, I didn't know any better. And then I heard my mentors, Bob Proctor, Les Brown, Napoleon Hill, um, Earl Nightingale, all those people said that waking up early gives you a head start on not only the competition, but it's just the most peaceful and quietest time of the day. So when there's no distractions is when you want to put in the real mental work. Right. So the earlier that is, the better it is. Because I, I can reach out to the audience now. I bet you every day that they wake up at 4.30 a.m. it's quiet. But let it be 9.30 a.m., 10 o'clock. Now the house is moving. Now emails are coming in. Now your phone is ringing off. We're connected to our phones. Mm -hmm. So now you have a million distractions coming at you. And it's hard to decipher on what is important and what is routine. So to get the important things in, you have to sacrifice earlier time to get that in. Because that's going to set the tone for the rest of the day. Wow. I love that because, you know, when most people think about, oh, I'm waking up early, they're saying 6 a.m. or they're saying yeah. 5 a.m. But I love that you took it to the next level with the 4.30 because I've never heard that be like a key time. So, so audience, like definitely take advantage of that and try it out. Do a week. Yeah. See how you feel. See if doing, trying this for one week, you know, adjusts how things are going yeah. through the day. Because sometimes just trying something a little bit different, like we said, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to yeah. be tough. You're not going to want to wake up but the results are going to be huge. Exactly. And if you think about it from a numbers perspective, let's say I just wake up an hour and a half early in the morning and then put in an extra hour and a half at night, right? So that's three hours in the day. Mm -hmm. Let's just say we do that for five days, um, Monday through Friday, you just gave yourself an extra 15 hours of work and productivity. So if you do that over a span of three months, you know, now we're 15, 30, 45, 60 hours extra in one month, right? So do that for two months. You've literally like almost leapfrogged the competition and then put yourself that much far ahead on your mental work. I love that. Smarter. Yeah. Okay. What's the night routine? How do we end the day? <laughs> All right. So the, the night routine, um, what I do personally is a lot of reflection. Mm. Like sometimes I'm going to sit down and breathe. Um, Cause as an entrepreneur, you, you kind of wire yourself to have a high motor, right? I always want to meet the next success. What do I need to do to keep my business? Because remember, there's no security. You don't work. You know what I'm saying? You don't get paid, right? So you have to be able to kind of de-stress, calm down, and relax on the night routine. The, the night routine is always about giving thanks again that you had a successful day. You're alive. Nothing happened to you. Um, you reflect on your day, what you did good, what you did bad, to see what you need to change. And then you just, you, you drink some water, you go to bed. Like sleep is important. I make sure I get my sleep. I did my whole um, burn buff into the candles when I first started, mm. and I realized I was like wearing myself thin. And as an entrepreneur, you have to get sleep. So I definitely prioritize sleep. Because if I'm getting up at 4.30, trust me, I'm in bed at like 9.30, mm -hmm. 10, right? Because I didn't put in the full day's work at that point in time. So now it's time to rest and recharge. 
a super important just that ability to reflect yeah. on the day and in the in that reflection are you looking at like did everything that i set out for myself did i achieve those things i need to make an adjustment or is it more so just like let's let's reflect how today went and did we do what we needed to do yeah so it, it, it's it's pretty much both right so i reflect on like what just happened like i literally just breathe and like take it all in and then i'll audit myself and say all right, what i need to do better um what kind of threw me off in the day that I wasn't expecting. Um, Jim Ron is another one of my mentors that I say going from YouTube. He always said, don't start the day until you finish the day. So at night before I'm really shutting my eyes, I already have a head start on what I'm going to do the next day, right? So I have a routine set. I have disappointment set. I need to get my productivity in here, record my content here. And then I can go to sleep rest assured that like, all right, I know what I'm going to be doing next day. I think that's so powerful. And I love that the way your mind thinks, it's just like always trying to improve and better itself. Um, So, so interesting. Like our last episode we talked about on the show is like setting your intention for the week on Sundays to making sure that you're going into the week ready to go. What I really like what you're saying is you're really doing that every day, making sure with every day there's an intention, there's a focus, there's a reflection on that, which I think is super, super powerful. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, really cool. it's, it's important because it goes back to the, the theory of the small compounding habits. So if I do that every single night, I'm going to get to my goal very fast because I'm efficient and I don't have to like figure it out the day of, mm-hmm. right? So it's always about working smarter, not harder. I don't know if you're like me, but I hate being unprepared and I hate not being ready. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, there's some people who just wing it. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you know, I got this presentation. I'm just going like, to like, I've never been that person. I always have to like, be ready to go. Make sure I'm going to be looking. Okay, what am I saying? And just be ready because, like, I feel like prepper. Like, just being from being an athlete, like yeah. being prepared and going into a match, knowing that you've done everything that you could do from a practice standpoint to be ready to go. Like, I'm big on that. And it seems like with everything you're talking about, being really organized and having these schedules, the preparation is important to you. Yeah, it's it's extremely important to me. But um, if I'm being honest, it didn't start out that way. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I I I provide myself. Oh, I pride myself on having a high sense of bravado and confidence. Mm. So I've always been the type of person that like, hey, man, I don't need no preparation. Like, I'm going to go there. I'm just going to do it because I'm cold. That's what I'm going to do. And that only gets you so far. I consider myself to be very talented, but I didn't have necessarily the best work ethic. Okay. Um, but then, I, I, you know, you've heard this saying that uh, a good work ethic would be talent any day. Yeah. But if you have talent with work ethic, you're almost unbeatable. Lethal. Yeah, exactly. So I had to, you know, to take some maturity and actually learn like, hey, well, yeah, you're talented, but somebody with a better work ethic is going to come whoop you, right? And I hate losing. (laughs) So I said, I have to be able to, you know, use my bravado, use my confidence, but actually have a good work ethic if I want to get to that next level. I love that you said that because with, with so much humility, because there's so many people that are in sales roles where they're know really successful they're doing good so they take for granted like the work that goes into it and you know being an entrepreneur now working for yourself you understand like I gotta be prepared I gotta be on my a-game because talent is not enough yeah and it definitely takes more but I want to kind of go back to what you were talking about with mentors and why I love this is you you listed a a number of different mentors which I'm not sure if you've ever gotten to meet any of them or not but I know if you haven't you will yeah but I, I talk a lot on this show about having mentors in your life, but you don't have to know these people personally. You don't have to have an actual relationship with them. There's so much free knowledge out there that we 100%. can grasp. Can you maybe talk about the power of mentors and how they've impacted your life and maybe ones that you either 
you know, actually personally know, and then ones that you've kind of leaned on for your growth? Yeah. So um, a mentor is crucial. And I don't think that you can have true success without a mentor because you're stuck to figure it all out on your own. And the key to doing what you want to do in life is finding somebody who's living that exact life, doing exactly what you want to do, and then listen to everything they say mm. and just follow direction. Um, but like you said, it takes a lot of um, ego, like shutting down to do that, um, to be humble. But using the power of the internet has always been my, my strong suit. That's how I do my business today. And I used to leverage YouTube to get a front row seat with some of these people who I would never be able to sit in the same auditorium with um, just because of location. And at the time I wasn't in a position to do so. So my biggest mentor plug, I would say was YouTube, right? Because I can literally watch a professional who knows exactly what I'm doing on the mind and on e-commerce. I can watch them whenever I want, how I want to for as long as I want. Um, so I definitely leverage Bob Proctor, Les Brown, um, Dennis Kimbrough, um, Napoleon Hill, Earl Nightingale, um, Lloyd Conad, a lot of other people um, on YouTube every single day. And I would literally just make playlists. And it, it got to a point now um, when I very, very first started my entrepreneurship journey, I had created the habit of as soon as I open my eyes and give thanks, I would have a phone ready to play on YouTube. So it would automatically start playing. Mm -hmm. So within the first five minutes of me waking up, I have Les Brown screaming at me. You got to have courage to get up and try new things. So you do that long enough, you're going to have courage to get up and try new things. Um, so leveraging the power of YouTube and having access to hundreds of mentors, unlimited access all hours of the day was definitely a benefit and it's necessary for anybody to get started on any type of journey that they want to because you have to be able to go get the knowledge that's the key to life it's just knowledge you're either ignorant or you're knowledgeable about something and those are the difference in anything right so as much knowledge as you can get from these mentors the better you are going to be in the long run so definitely you too now i didn't get a chance to meet any of those people yet yet um but in my mind i've already met with them and i've had conversations just like we're having right now oh, yeah. because i've listened to them night after night where we built like a, a cyber relationship yeah. to say um because the the journey is lonely a lot of people when you go into entrepreneurship when you're starting something new and you have your own vision nobody else can see that vision but you right so you have to bond with somebody who thinks the way you do or that you want to think and if you have nobody in your environment youtube and the internet with these this information that's on is going to be your best friend so that's what i had to do um pretty much all of 2017 until today i consistently always get some type of personal development that's super important and i i feel like we are so lucky in 2022 and like the kids out there the Gen Zers, they're so lucky that like, there's so much free information out oh, there. Man. It's crazy. And it makes me get to the point where I'm like, there's no excuses. There's no, there's, there's no. no excuses of why you can't develop yourself and pour into yourself because it's all out there. Think about our parents, they had cassette tapes of yep. Proctor and yeah. know, people <laughs> trying to like listen to the, those type of things, but it's so limited now it's so broad. Yeah. And you know, you could definitely get into the, those days where you're just on repeat on YouTube and it's going off your video after video after video. And then you leave, you're like, I'm ready to take over the world. <laughs> exactly. it's so much. It's a charge up. It's it a charge is. up. And uh, 
But I'm really big on momentum because when you can get that momentum going and you can maintain it, like success is on the way, especially if you're getting um, a good dose of positive information on a daily basis. I'm a, a, a big habit. I'm a big provider of habits and consistency and persistence. That's all somebody needs to be successful along with having faith. Absolutely. I love that. Now, when we talk about routines, mm -hmm. you are currently in the process of doing a very, very challenging, um, what do we like to call this? Well, it's a challenge, a very challenging challenge that you're doing <laughs> right now yes. called 75 Hard that I'm familiar with because I try to do it myself. I didn't make it to 75 days. I got to like day 36 mm -hmm. and then tapped out a little gotcha. bit. But <laughs> I'd love for you to kind of share with the audience what is 75 Hard and kind of why you decided to do this challenge to push yourself to the next level. Yeah, so um, 75 Hard is a challenge by Andy Frisella, where it's two workouts a day, one inside, one outside for at least 45 minutes, 10 pages of reading, um, a progress picture every day, no cheat meals and no alcohol. Um, so it's, it's definitely pushes you to the limits to what you're used to, because I'm a frat boy from Wakanda. I have, it's been so long <laughs> since I went consecutive weeks without having some type of alcohol, right? So, um, I was already pretty um, consistent in the gym, right. but definitely adding another workout definitely pushed me to, uh, to new limits um, physically and from a schedule perspective. Um, but no alcohol has definitely been tough. But the reason I started it was because it's the beginning of the year and I feel something deep inside that I was like, I'm ready for more growth. Like I, I've been at a, a level that I'm at pretty consistently for a period of time. And now something inside of me is telling me like, well, it's time to just do a little bit more. And one of my, my brothers and good friends, Tim Chambers down in Houston, Texas, one of my, my frat brothers as well, he said, hey, man, I'm doing a 75 hard challenge. Um, you know, do you want to do it with me? I said, hell yeah, I'm with you. Um, it's perfect timing. And although it's been tough, there's been ups and downs. I've had cravings. Um, I've had so much growth by doing this challenge because I'm able to get a new level of mental control because I've been out in environments with my friends where we would normally be drinking and I've been able to say no. So just the fact that I was able to say no to something I would normally do without blinking an eye shows, you know, the bits of progress that I've been making. So it's been a good challenge so far. I love that because there's so many people out there, especially listeners to this podcast who, you know, have never had that type of discipline in their life or have put constraints on themselves and say, hey, for these 75 days, whatever the case is, I'm going to focus and not give in, not yeah. cheat or give up on myself. Because what is the the most disappointing feeling you have is when you give up or let yourself yeah, down. Like that, my biggest fear <laughs> is letting myself yeah, down over yeah. anything else is letting myself down because it's the worst feeling possible. So how liberating is it for you when you're out with friends and everybody's like, oh, cocktail? Because I think this whole process for you probably helped you realize how many things out there are just geared towards alcohol and drinking and yes. making people socialize and drink. And yep. it's like, yo, take a step back and like, what am I without that? Exactly. Who am I without all of this fluff? Yeah, <laughs> so. it, it, for me, it was kind of a state of discovery because I don't know who I am without no. alcohol because it's been a part of my life for so long. Um, and not necessarily that, oh, I'm just, you know, in love with alcohol. It's just the fact that I've had something in my life for so long mm -hmm. that it's become a part of me where I don't know who I am without that. So I was on a state of discovery, right? Yeah. So it's kind of a, a double-edged sword. I figure out how long I can really go, but also push myself to say, all right, William, like, you did that shit. Like, be proud of yourself, that. you know? So that's always a, a good thing to knock on the door about. 
I love that because there's such a great feeling when you achieve a big goal like that. And you're like, okay, I did it. I know for me, like the biggest thing, somebody was like, well, you can't be vegan. And like, this was like back in 2018. And I was like, okay. And yeah. I ended up <laughs> keeping that up like for a, over a year. And I finally, when I started, you know, adjusting my diet a little bit, I was looking back and I'm like, wow, I took somebody telling me I couldn't do something and flipped it into something else. And now like, if I want to do that again, I know I can, Exactly. but at least I know like, my mind is powerful because yeah. it's so easy for people to just quit yeah or just sure. say um i'm not gonna do that second workout for 75 part or, um, yeah. and it's like you got to push past it and and you were telling me before we kind of started shooting like this was a this is tough yeah it is tough and uh you know fingers crossed i'm not finished yet but we'll with, cheer you on um, <laughs> thank you so wait, at, at the time of this recording i'm on day 42 right now so I got a, a small portion left. So, you know, Laura said the same. I'm going to push through and do it. Yeah. Um, and I will be having a good drink after that to celebrate, mm -hmm. right? Because I've earned it. But I don't know if I ever bring um, alcohol back in heavy because the amount of clarity that I've gotten within this time has been astronomical. My business has done better. I've been more focused. So I'm happy with the results so far. That's awesome. Well, let's let's dive in a little bit about your business. Okay. Tell, tell listeners, what do you do? Kind of break it down to them high level because it's so interesting. I find it very fascinating. Yeah, so um, I, to put it in high level, I am an e-commerce consultant and I teach people how to make passive income online by selling products. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's 2022. The world has really changed to almost 100% digital front, right? Yeah. You know, the pandemic came. It showed that brick and mortar businesses are not the necessary powerhouse like mm -hmm. they were in the past. And in the way that technology is advancing, it's never been easier to use something that's connected to the internet, like a cell phone or a laptop to make passive income. Right. Right. So I, I've been in on the e-commerce side ever since 2017, um, which once again, my brother, Tim Chambers, he introduced me to, because we were both doing pharmaceutical sales at the time. Oh, him too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we've been linked since high school. So, uh, like my brother for real. And he said, hey man, I think we need to try this, this Amazon thing with e-commerce. And I said, you know what, uh, let's do it. I, I thought it was a smart idea, um, seeing where the world was going with the internet. And it gave me a way to get my time back, but still make my money. So mm -hmm. that's why I think e-commerce is gonna be a necessity real soon. Oh, for sure. I mean, everybody's on Amazon, everybody's buying stuff on Amazon. So just knowing that you could have a say or a part of that little, little, that huge pie that Jeff Bezos is getting. Yeah. Can I just get a piece of it exactly. on a reoccurring basis or something? So I think it's so cool that you're, you're doing that because I know like me personally, I don't know a ton of people that are in that space that are thriving like you in that yeah. space. You know, what would you say to somebody who's considering wanting to get into that space? Like what is something they need to, to look out for? Um, I, I would say the main thing that they need to look out for is one, like which platform they're going to use because each platform, let's say Amazon or Facebook has its own emotions, mm. right? Um, so the number one thing was, would be to figure out which platform that you want to sell on and then making sure that they have a strong foundation in just business acumen, right? Because when you're doing sales online, it's still a business, even though you're not going into the store, but you still have to run it like a proper business, right? Treat customers as if you were actually seeing them face to face, even though you're not seeing them because they're people just like you, right? right? Um, but I'll also uh, emphasis credit as well. Credit has been extremely big in my business. 
um, just because it gave me an opportunity to leverage OPM, other people's money, or like we like to call it the bank's dime, to be able to use in my business to make passive income, okay. right? So um, the main two tips I give somebody that wants to get started in e-commerce is one, figure out which platform and go from a consumer mindset to a supplier mindset, right? Just like you said, get a piece of the pie. And then make sure you got your finances in order um, because you'll learn that, yes, it is a skill set to sell a price online, but once you learn that skill set, you'll be able to sell for the rest of your life. So then it comes like, well, how do I pay for it? <laughs> yeah, because it's like Amazon's not going nowhere. It's not. It's, it's not. definitely not going nowhere. But you, you talked about credit and the importance of credit. How has credit or the ability to have a lot of credit, like good credit, like impacted you and allowed you to kind of reach new heights? And was it always this way? Did you always have great credit? Yeah. So in, in the very beginning of my credit journey, um, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Right. And another one of my good friends, brothers, um, Chris Joseph, he's Chris Joseph University on YouTube. He was one of the first people to introduce credit to me. Mm. And then I was like, hey, can you look at my, my credit profile and show me, you know, like, can I do anything with this? I was still at my job. I was getting ready. I was thinking about making that move. I know I needed some type of financial structure to right. like make that jump. And um, so I'm, I'm waiting on the fourth. So there's a lot of Williams. So a lot of me and my dad's actual credit history got kind of merged together. Is it good or bad? So that's, that's, that's actually a great thing. Okay, good. Uh, like, yeah. My, my, my dad's a very good uh, care of his credit, my, my mom as well. And when I was just getting my credit journey started, it said that I had a card on there from 1975. You're like, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, it's literally impossible since me and my dad had the same name. Um, it was actually able to get on my account. Okay. And then once I figured out what I was working with, I said, well, my credit is good. And then I learned about getting an LLC, starting a business. And if you have good credit and you do the proper um, structuring of your business, they will give you a good amount of money um, for your business. So I was able to start with anywhere around thirty dollars to $40,000 um, in business credit just because I had personal good personal credit. And I was able to use that in e-commerce to leverage and selling products online. And then I was able to, over time, you know, replace my income with my pharmaceutical sales with the money that I was making online passively, right? So I said, well, hold on. If I'm able to just take my credit, sell products on Amazon, this big platform, and I can do the, get the same amount of money, but a fraction of the work, then I have something here. Wow. And then I was just in on it ever since. So now I teach people all across the country how to do the same. I love that. Like, how can our listeners get in touch with you, find you, figure out how to work with you or, you know, see everything that you have going on? Yeah. So social media is definitely the best place. Um, it's Will Allen for underscore underscore on Instagram. And then it's William Allen for on Facebook as well. I also have a website. It's www.fallersfranchise.com. They can go find out more about me, the rest of the team, um, how we can help you get on the same journey. Because I'm, I always tell people I'm no different than they are. I all started at the starting line just how they are. But it wasn't until I got a piece of information that changed my life, right? So now my main goal is giving out as much information and providing as much value as possible just to get someone on that journey, you know, closer to freedom. That's what it's all about. I love that. And I'll make sure to include all the links in the show notes because, you know, Will's always dropping value, dropping knowledge, his content. Definitely follow him on social media because there's always something of value there and there's so much to see and to learn from. So I think that's awesome. 
before we kind of wrap up the show, is there one last piece of advice that you'd want to give our audience before we kind of close? Oh man. Oh, you got a lot of self-development inside <laughs> that head. Yeah. Pick, pick I can go. Oh, I, I would say if there was, there was one thing that I wanted to leave the audience with is um, at the end of the day, it's not you versus anybody else. It's really just you versus you. So don't get in the spirit of competing with other people. Just try to be beat your best self and success will be guaranteed for you. That's literally a success formula that will not lose. Do not worry about anybody else. Stay in your own lane and just try to get at least 1% better every day and you'll be successful. I love that. Thank you so much for being a part of the show, sharing so many amazing gems of knowledge and keys. Like, I can't wait to re-listen to this again. <laughs> Go back and hear what you said. Guys, you heard it first. Focus on you. Do not look around. Do not try to compare yourself to others. Comparisons to thieves, fall joy. Focus on you. Yes, yes. And until next week, thank you. Thanks again. And thanks for being here. No worries. My pleasure. Talk to y'all later. All right. This episode is supported by Lena Zuniga Makeup. And guys, I don't know about you, but when it comes to faux lashes, and not just any lashes, these are 3D faux mink lashes, I really struggle when it comes to putting them on myself. And I can honestly say that since I've been using Lena Zuniga's makeup faux lashes, I've been having a lot of success actually putting them on, having them look amazing. Couple reasons why it's so easy to do. There is like this applicator that kind of looks like a tweezers, but it allows me to kind of put the lash on with ease. Also, the scissors allow me to cut the lash to make sure that it fits my eye for the perfect size. A couple other things about these lashes that I just love is the fact that you can wear them up to 25 times. So that one, you know, package of lashes is lasting you so long. And it makes it so easy because of the fact that we have the applicator, these are cruelty-free, and there's so many amazing uh, styles to choose from. My personal favorite are the Ivy because they're not super, super thick, and it really looks like your natural lash, but just with, an, just with a little bit of an addition. So guys, if you wanna try these amazing Lena Zuniga lashes, all you have to do is go to www.lenazunigamakeup.com or check out Lena Zuniga Makeup on Instagram, and you'll see all of the amazing lashes that she has. I love them. And if you're like me, where you struggle to put lashes on yourself, I promise you, you'll have a lot better chance with everything that she has to offer with these lashes. So guys, check them out.